Thank you for tuning in to the Meridian Friends Church podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss any of the sermons posted each week. You can also find more information about our church at www.meridianfriends.org or on Facebook or Instagram by searching Meridian Friends Church. Now, enjoy the sermon. We are happy to bring you tidings of comfort and joy on this Christmas morning. I hope that you will take some time, sometime today, to find your favorite printed Bible and to open it up and to remember who Christ is as recorded in the passages of Scripture. If you're with family today, I think that's especially important, with little ones around, to open up God's Word together and to read and to consider and to remember this incredible gift that God has given us in Jesus. I want to invite you right now to open up to Luke chapter 1, and I'm going to read about the angel Gabriel's announcement to Mary. What incredible news that she found, uh, as, what incredible news she heard as the angel Gabriel came to her. Today we're celebrating, of course, the gift of music. You've heard some beautiful songs. There will be a few more. The next one's going to be Hark the Herald Angels Sing in follow-up to this reading of Scripture. Music is an incredible gift to us. It speaks to the soul, doesn't it? It speaks to our heart and not just to our minds. But I also want to say that so many of the Christmas songs that we celebrate are theological in nature. If you think about it, Christmas itself is doctrinal. Yeah, I know it's sentimental, (laughs) but it's also doctrinal. It, It really is the foundation of where we build our lives. And what we believe matters so much in terms of the way we order our lives and set our priorities. I always encourage you as you listen to these, uh, as you listen to music and especially Christmas carols, I would encourage you to consider the doctrine and what's shared behind it. It was the year 1865. William Chatterson Dix, who was a businessman in Glasgow, Scotland, suddenly came down with a serious illness, a near fatal illness, robbed William of his strength, and he was bedridden for many months. As he lay near death, William began to reflect on the identity of Jesus and the relevance of the faith that he had grown up with. And isn't that always true? It's in our weakest times sometimes that we look up, that we really evaluate, what do I believe and why do I believe that? And that was certainly true for William. As he was meditating upon who Jesus really is in 1865, he wrote a poem And it was largely unknown until an Englishman several years later combined the lyrics of that poem with the melody of a song called Green Sleeves. The song took off and became one of the most popular Christmas carols throughout the known world. What child is this? I think it's only appropriate that as part of your Christmas concert, I ask a musical question. What child is this? Let me ask you, have you been asked this last whole month leading up to this special day, that dreaded and stressful question, are you ready for Christmas? (laughs) Creates a little bit of anxiety in all of us. Well, good news. Today marks the end of that question. (laughs) Ready or not, here it is. Are you ready for Christmas? And I know what people mean. 
generally they're asking, have you got all of your decorations ready? Do you have the food ready? Are you ready for company? Do you have all of the gifts ready? If it's any consolation, I hope we realize as we're about to read from this angelic uh, announcement to Mary, that even if we think we're ready, Joseph and Mary, I will guarantee you, were completely not ready for this announcement in their lives. Christmas represents an incredible interruption to all of their plans and all of the things that they thought life was going to look like. I want to invite you to hear these words because they answered this question, what child is this? I mean, if you think about it, they need to know, don't they? God sends an angel to help them to know what's happening in his kindness, in his divinity. He offers the angel Gabriel to explain the importance of this baby that's being born to them. They don't know a lot at this point. They're going to have to take so much by faith and just trust that this is God at work. I think especially of Joseph. What does Joseph know at this point? I mean, the only thing he knows for certain is that this baby is not his. To be honest, Joseph probably isn't asking, what child is this? He's probably asking, whose child is this? And if you think about it, we're not ready for Christmas unless we know the answers to these questions also. What child is this? And whose child is this? I'm reading from Luke chapter 1, beginning with verse 26. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. May God bless the reading of his word. So what child is this? I want to draw a few answers from this passage of Scripture. Looking at Luke chapter 1, um, 26 to 33, I see three answers to this question. The first, <laughs> we'll get our slides going there. The first uh, answer to this that I see in this passage, you can see in verse 30 in Gabriel's uh, explanation in terms of what's going on, he says, do not be afraid. You've found favor with God. What child is this? Who is Jesus before her? Well, one, this child literally is God for us. Mary, don't be afraid. Sending Jesus into this world represents God's plan for us from the very beginning of time. God's, God's desire for us in creating us is that you and I would have deep relationship with him. The problem is we've sinned. 
I know this doesn't sound like a very Christmassy thing to say that we've sinned. But as we realize our desperate need for a Savior, we're all the more grateful for this news that Jesus interrupts Joseph and Mary's life with. You've found favor. Well, that's an understatement, isn't it? We've found something that's undeserved. We've found grace. A God who loves us so much that he would send his son in the flesh to be born among us. That we could be rescued from what? From ourselves. From our own tendency to reject God. From our own tendency to turn away from him. God is for us. I want to invite you to stop and think about that and ask yourself if you believe that that is true. You know, in our human relationships, we get a sense as to whether people are for us or against us. What does it mean for somebody to be for us? I hope that you've had the experience of deep and meaningful family and friend relationships that are loyal. Someone who's for you is someone who sacrifices for you. Someone who keeps their promises and is faithful to you. Am I right? You know, Mary and Joseph won't know God's faithfulness until they continue to step forward with him in faithfulness. And that will be their experience. God will provide for them. He will protect them. He will watch over them. He will help them. Even though this road for them is going to be very painful, God's promises are faithful. God is always for us. Who do we have in life that would sacrifice for us the way Jesus sacrificed and gave his own life? Ultimately, we know that God is for us because of Christmas. Christmas shows us that. Christmas teaches us that. God is for us. What child is this? Well, this child literally is God with us. Emmanuel, the one who dwelt among us. God, in all of his grandeur, in his divinity, willingly became small for us. Dietrich Bonhoeffer was a Lutheran pastor who was imprisoned for his part in the assassination attempt on Hitler's life. Writing from prison, he said it was there inside his cell that he had one of the experiences the best experiences of Advent in his life. Here I am, he wrote, trapped inside a cell, and my only hope is for someone to come from the outside in to this prison to rescue me. There's nothing I can do to get out myself. I need a rescuer. This is exactly what Jesus did for us. He came into God with us our experience of flesh. He bore our sin to rescue us from the imprisonment of our sin. God is for us. That's good news at Christmas. God is with us. That's good news at Christmas. You know, ultimately, the comfort that we find at Christmas is the very presence of Jesus himself. Wouldn't you agree? A third answer to this question is that God is over us. We continue on in the angel Gabriel's announcement to verses 32 and verses 33, and we realize 
This is no ordinary baby. <laughs> what child is this that is born among us? In the carol, the lyrics go this way. What child is this? The King of Kings. Salvation brings. Let loving hearts enthrone him. Gabriel says he will be great. He will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father, David. Jesus Christ, Lord at thy birth. That's doctrine we can pin our lives on. That's the good news of Christmas. That's not just something that stirs our hearts. That's something that gives us an assurance for all of eternity. Jesus is for you. Jesus is with you. And Jesus is over you. It's not dependent upon you and I to hold it together this Christmas. We need a Savior who's bigger than us, who can accomplish so much more than we ever could dream or want, especially in our own flesh. Mary and Joseph, all of their dreams and all of their hopes for the future, willingly surrendered for the wisdom of God's plan. With their lives, they bow before him. They submit to his kingship. What a thing to do, to submit to your child. But that's exactly what they do. Mary says, my soul magnifies, worships, glorifies the Lord. May we do that too as a church. If there's anyone in the sound of my hearing it's really not sure whether you've bowed your heart to Jesus Christ, whether you've surrendered your life to him. I want to lead you in a prayer, simply inviting Jesus to be your Lord and your friend. This good news that Jesus came for us, this good news that he died for us and that he lives for us, it really is the reason that we are a church. And it's the whole reason that we're doing what we're doing here. We're surrendering to a God who loves us and is for us and is over us and is with us. And how we want you to experience that hope of Christmas. Because the truth is we're really not ready to celebrate or even begin to understand what Christmas is until we settle this issue in our own hearts of what child this really is. Better yet, who this King of all kings and Lord of all lords really is. Would you bow with me? And would you pray with me this simple prayer? Jesus Christ, I bow my heart and even my life into your care. I welcome you as a God who is for me. Even in those ways and times I know that I've been against you, I thank you for your grace. I thank you for the favor that I can find in you. Jesus, I've heard it said that you are with us, that you came into this planet to take on the sin and to pay a debt that I owe. Lord, as much as I understand I want to live my life with 
you, not, not in a way that I'm hiding or rejecting. God, today, I admit that you are over me. And as hard as it is to let go of my expectations and my plans and my control, I thank you that your plans and your expectations and your control are better. Teach me what it means to honor you, not just as some historical figure who lived once upon a time, but teach me, Lord, what it means to live in relationship with you today. I so need you as my Savior. I've heard it said that you died on a cross for my sin. Jesus, I thank you. In faith, I accept the gift that you freely offer of my forgiveness, my freedom from the bondage of my sin. Jesus, set me free, I pray. Help me to learn what it means to be a Christian and to walk in obedience and joy and faithfulness to you. Help me not just to assume that Christmas is a reality seasonally. Lord, I want to know you with my life. And so here I am to offer myself over to you. In faith, I thank you for hearing my prayer. In Jesus' name. Amen.